Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful, spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. Are you watering the seeds of love or missing out on a ton of opportunities? Do you get stuck after the first glance or first date or first month? Creating a relationship takes nurturing the seeds of love and ripping out the weeds of doubt and fear. Tune in to learn how to tend your own garden so the best partnership grows. So I'm so glad to talk with Tamara tonight, who is our heart set coach about mindset and all of these gremlins that sometimes keep us from love. And we all face those. You're not alone, but hello for your feminine and happy Wednesday. And Tamara, for those of the ladies in the group who who don't know you, um, will you do a quick introduction? Yeah, I'm Tamara and I live in San Diego and I've been in the coaching industry since 2003 and I'm passionate about empowering women in love and um, accessing just their radiance and their gifts, and living that in their lives. Yes, I love that. Empowering women through love. That's, that's what we're all about <laughs> and connecting them to their radiance. It's beautiful. So yeah, so tonight's topic, I'm going to pull up the questions and make sure that I haven't um, lost any of them because I want to make sure that we cover everything that we have, which is really juicy, is just a basic question to start. Like, what is mindset, right? Like lots of different coaches will talk about that. Um, but to you, what is, what is mindset? I think it's a couple things. I think it's definitely our psychological and our emotional state of being. And a couple of components to that are definitely beliefs. I mean, those are one of the strongest forces that shape our lives and our stories. And then I think it's also like language, how we talk about ourselves and talk to ourselves, and then the meanings we create in our life, which also kind of shapes that story of what is going on psychologically and emotionally. Yeah. Mm, I love that. I love that definition. I'm just going to kind of recap that, you know, your thoughts, your emotions, your beliefs, the meanings that you make and how those all contribute to the stories that you have about yourselves. And I've, I've never heard it so succinctly. So that's great. Um, I'm really glad that you said emotions. Cause I think sometimes we forget about emotions and we might go after something purely from traditional mindset of just affirmations or change your thoughts. And then we forget about our emotions, which are so such powerful forces, you know, and I love all the work that we do with our clients to, to develop emotional resiliency and to understand how our emotions affect our mindset and our mindset affects our emotions. And um, yeah, I'm really, really glad that you touched on that. I think for me, mindset boils down to attitude, which again is a combination of all of those different things. Like, do we have the, the right in quotations, you know, attitude to reach our goal or to show up authentically for who we are or to live in a way that's really present in the moment. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's more of course than just attitude, but attitude does shape so many different things that I think it's an important piece of it. And I find that in dating, this is where a lot of people in dating and relationships will really get stuck, you know, like there's not enough good men out there or online dating sucks or we inadvertently like buy into this collective story that love is hard and relationships take work and there's no good men out there. And 
I know for a while I had such an unconscious bias around all of that, that I didn't even, I didn't even know how toxic my mindset was because I just thought well, I'm getting a glass of my, of wine with my girlfriends and we're, we're making fun of the apps. Like this is just what people do, but it was keeping me, you know, so far from love. And so what are your thoughts about mindset as it relates to like dating? What do you see as maybe some of the common like gremlins or things that come up that hinder us and our ability to find, to find love for ourselves and for others? Yeah. Well, I think for a lot of us, if, if we're going to just talk about limiting or maybe disempowering beliefs, um, mm-hmm. I think so many of them come from our basic need for like safety, love, belonging, connection, and self-esteem. And I think a lot of us can develop deficiencies around those in our childhood because so many of our beliefs are formed by the age of seven. And when mm-hmm. we have efficiency in those areas, then um, we bring that into our dating and we bring that into our, our lives. And it, yeah, it affects our level of intimacy and vulnerability and our um, feeling safe in relationship and our ability to commit. Yes. Oh my God. All the big ones. <laughs> and when you said, you know, our, our beliefs are oftentimes formed by the time that we're seven, I was like, wow, like that's a holy cow moment, you know, to think that we might be dating as if we have the psychology of who we were when we were seven, you know, and, and that we talk about the inner child and the outer child and all of those things. But yeah, it, that really hit home for me. Like, wow, you know, am I really showing up as my adult self? Or am I showing up with the mindset of my seven-year-old self and expecting my partner to adult for me, you know, or to parent me or to do all those things. And yeah, that can create kind of a, a crazy dynamic. And then you know, on a, on a more general level, but also related to love and and dating, like, how do you see that beliefs really shape people's behaviors or shape people's, you know, outcomes in life? Yeah. Well, even just going back to what you said, um, a lot for when we're age zero to seven, almost what happens is our beliefs are almost like downloaded. Like if you think about a computer software, they're just like downloaded um, into our subconscious and um, they can be from conditioning from like our parents or religion or society or culture and also from defining moments in our life that we have a lot of emotion around and it gets wired up in our nervous system as well as in our beliefs. And then we start relating to people that way, right? Like we create meanings like um, about ourselves. And then I think your question was, how does it impact other areas of our life? Did I miss that? I'm sorry. Yeah, or just in general, I mean, I think I just wanna get a little more clear for myself and for everyone watching about you know, how do beliefs actually influence us? Like it's, it's good to have a healthy mindset, but we might not even realize like how important it is, you know? So, so how do you find that beliefs good and good and bad, you know, um, influence people's outcomes and their behaviors? Yeah. Um, an analogy I sometimes use around beliefs because beliefs are, um, they're like a state or a feeling of certainty that we have about something and what it means. And then if we have enough conditioning around it, um, it almost becomes like a memorized 
self or a memorized belief or a habitual belief. And then it becomes almost like our filter to the world. So if you think about a camera lens, um, mm -hmm. how narrow it is or how wide it is, we view everything through our beliefs. Um, so it really impacts us. Or another way I look at it is like if you're wearing green sunglasses, everything in your world looks green, right? So um, when we're operating from our memorized belief, if they're empowering, that can be really good, like driving a car, something we can do a lot of things automatically and it's empowering and it's effective and it's efficient. But if it's disempowering, it's just like if it's a defective um, computer program and we keep operating from that, then there's breakdown in our life and we behave in certain ways and we act in certain ways. And then we often don't like the results that we get. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll just share a personal example. I remember I went through a few years, three or four years in a row where I could not get into a relationship. And I just was having experiences where I would um, date someone for a few weeks and then I'd get ghosted or I think everything was going well and then felt like the rug was pulled out from under me that I found out something about them or about their circumstance or whatever it was. And, and I had this repeating belief that I didn't even realize was in the background, which is that love doesn't last and I'm not lovable. Like I have to do something to be lovable, but I can see now that it was also that lens. Like I was looking at the world through that lens. And so I was choosing partners that a were really looking at me for a certain conditional sort of love based in physical intimacy or based in me meeting some of their needs. And then B, like I was also hyping myself up and thinking, okay, I've got to perform. And then I was totally overdoing it in my relationships, texting too much, you know, wanting to see them too much. And then of course the relationship goes through inevitable ups and downs. And anytime we hit one of those pockets where the person just needed some space, I would freak out. I would self-sabotage. And even if I wasn't doing it externally, internally, you know, I was making myself wrong, making myself bad. And in hindsight, like all that was happening is I was creating these experiences because I had I had hidden beliefs or limiting beliefs about not being lovable and love doesn't last. And then, you know, it took a lot of work to get like above that story, but I just wanted to share that, you know, that example. I think that's really powerful. Just how you painted that picture of how we can have those beliefs. And sometimes they're insidious or we're not even aware of them. And then we start having, yeah, we act in certain ways and then create those experiences that keep validating them or almost. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think even for me, part of that staying subconscious in that area or staying unconscious in that area was that I was maybe afraid to take responsibility. Right. Cause like, if I say, well, you know what? I am livable and love lasts, then why don't I have it? Like, Oh, maybe there's something I need to do differently. And I think a lot of times as women were conditioned from society that you just, you know, look pretty and wait on your doorstep and Prince Charming comes like, we don't get, get taught, you know, at a young age to like work on ourselves in this part of our life. Or if we do get taught that it can often be in a very critical way, like from a, a well-meaning, well-meaning mother, perhaps that wants her daughter to look a certain way or act a certain way or be nice. Don't speak up too much. Or, you know, it, it tends to, from my experience working with so many women, be a negative conditioning about staying small instead of understanding how to love themselves and then keep that going. Um, and take responsibility, right? Like we love ourselves and we still have responsibility for what we're creating in our lives, you know? Yeah, powerfully said. 
So I want to I want to ask a few other things. Um, I know we had kind of kind of talked about some different topics that we wanted to cover within this bigger topic, and I think for people who are uh, maybe newer to mindset as it relates to dating, or just newer to the kind of the psychology of of um, of mindset to, to begin with, you and I had discussed earlier when we were preparing for this about you know the other pieces of the puzzle like visuals, visualization, you know, the body-based sensations, because there's a lot that I see out there in the world and the coaching world that's like, just have the affirmation and it'll happen. And then I work with a lot of clients who come to me after doing all sorts of different work. And they've been told like, just stay positive, just have this affirmation and everything will work. And so, you know, one of the things I really love about our program and what we do with the women we work with is we incorporate somatics and we incorporate visuals and we incorporate, you know, the visual auditory kinesthetic part of this. But let's just talk a little bit about what that looks like then for these different learning styles and when it comes to mindset. And, and yeah, <laughs> let me look at this specific question. Um, yeah, like what are some of the other pieces of the puzzle when it comes to changing our, you know, changing our behavior and how do we relate to like our somatic sensations or to the visual part of us? Yeah. Um, I think what you said is important because I think affirmations are useful, right? They're, they're positive language, but when we don't incorporate the feeling part of it or our body sensation, it's like we're, we're missing a part of the recipe, right? We're just we're accessing one part. So it doesn't rewire, it might start rewiring the mind a little bit, but we're not rewiring the heart or the body. And so there, we never get to that place of full knowing or full embodiment because it's not integrated. And I think the other thing, when we just stay positive, we don't realize that the body holds all of our memories and these trapped emotions and how important that is to help those release. Yes, I love that. My body feels lit up just hearing you talk about that. So it's really important, you know, for people who want to make changes in this area of their life to work with someone that is integrating the heart, the mind and their body, because you're going to make progress that much more faster. And it's going to feel more natural too, right? Like flirting with someone in the wild, so to speak, or knowing how to set your boundary and keep your boundary or knowing how to be vulnerable and talk about things that are challenging, like intimacy or commitment or all of that. Um, of course we need the right, like affirmation based mindset, but we also need to incorporate all these other things. And some of that is very simple, you know, in our course, it's just about touching your body at the same time, putting a hand on your heart or a hand on your womb. But then some of it is also, you know, much, much deeper. Um, yeah. Do you find that people are more in general in your experience are more blocked in certain areas, like afraid to connect to the body or afraid to connect to the heart or um, what kind of gets in the way of us taking a more integrated approach do you find? That is a great question, Violet. I think with just how our industry like careers have gone, I think we're so in our heads so much and in intellect and we're so just in careers, we have to be in our masculine so much and producing results and producing outcomes. And so we get very disconnected from our body. So I think sometimes I can see resistance 
probably there just connecting to the body again and that sensations and um you know receiving intuition that way yeah yeah you're reminding me of or you know your share reminds me of I think I was 29 at the time and I had really hurt my ankle running and I had to ice my ankle um, and do some physical therapy. And I broke down crying on my couch at one point because I thought, oh my God, this is my ankle. This is my, like, I'd never actually felt a strong enough connection with my body that I, there was a sense of ownership or a sense of claiming or a sense of cherishing or tenderness. And I know that's a lot of what you do with the women that we work with is reclaiming our connection to our body and therefore our intuition and our instincts and all of that. And so, yeah, it's so powerful. I'm, I'm grateful that you're giving are women a gateway to that, that resource, because it is such a resource that can help us in dating, but in every other part of our life. Yeah. So we, we talked about some of the limiting beliefs in relationships, you know, like relationships are hard or, um, take a lot of work or I'm not lovable. Um, let's just riff on that a little bit. Like what are some of the other common limiting beliefs that you find in the women that we work with or in people that are stuck in this part of their life? Yeah. I mean, I think it can be like women are fill in the blank. Men are fill in the blank. Relationships are fill in the blank. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, it could be men are selfish or there's no good men out there, or I shouldn't have to tell a man what I need. They should just know. Um, <laughs> or relationships are hard um and then I think that exactly what we were talking about before and then it's our own relationships that we have about ourselves so whether that relates to love self-love or self-respect um or self-esteem or self-worth like I'm not worthy of big love or um I'm not confident enough mm -hmm. or everybody yeah or I <laughs> sorry about that yeah no, I, I, I want to repeat that, you know, everybody leaves me like that's something we hear often from women who've struggled with, with trusting their ability to receive and, and create what they want in relationship. You know, we have so many fears of rejection and abandonment. And again, they come from such early times in our life that we, we don't even realize sometimes that they're there. So I love, I love what you're sharing about men are, women are, you know, relationships are, and I am, and what I love about what you shared too, is that it kind of covers what I feel is a common split is that we are either blaming the external or blaming ourselves. And sometimes we're doing both, <laughs> but I find that sometimes we ping pong between like, Oh, you know, it's all, it's all out there. That's the problem, you know, or sometimes we, we implode, we bring it all on ourselves. Like we make ourselves wrong and bad. And we almost give other people, I think we've, maybe talked about this before, or maybe I have in another Facebook live, we give them this golden shadow. Like they have all the great attributes, you know, they have like so many amazing things. And I, I pale in comparison, you know, or I just don't have those things. And that's part of what I feel creates this power dynamic that doesn't need to be there sometimes between men and women that we think not just men and women, just anyone that we're dating, especially if we have an anxious attachment style, we're like, they're heaven, they're amazing, they're so awesome. And we're almost projecting onto them our good traits and we're projecting onto ourselves like any unconscious negative traits that they may have. Like, well, it's my fault that this didn't happen or it's my fault that this, and like, they're so great. And whether that happens if someone is more of an empath and they're dating a narcissist or if it's just 
habitual to want to build someone up from a really good place. Like, Oh, I love building people up. I love making them feel good, you know, but then forgetting about, um, shoring ourselves up and, and recognizing within ourselves too our own strengths. Um, the reason I'm sharing that is because I think some women watching this might think, well, no, I'm just a lover. I love everyone. Like I have a good mindset. Um, but I invite, I invite all of us to think about, well, do I love myself when things aren't going well? You know, do I love myself when I haven't heard from him in a week and I'm waiting on a text or do I love myself when, um, you know, I, I go on vacation and I gain five pounds or 10 pounds or whatever it is. Like there's all these places that I personally feel like the universe or God or source is constantly asking us to like, just upgrade our mindset a little bit. Like for me, the work never ends. Like I'm constantly like being aware of my mindset in ways that I'm not loving myself fully or showing up fully in my relationship. Um, so I just wanted to highlight that, you know, if you find that you tend to internalize or if you tend to blame yourself or if you tend to blame others, I would love all of us as like a civilization to, to break away from like the blaming and just recognize like, it's all okay. We're all learning. We're all growing. You know, we're all on this journey to connect more fully to our hearts. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Um, and then, and then the next part is, is a little bit, um, controversial maybe, you know, you and I were talking about this a few weeks ago when we were preparing for this call, but, um, we don't often think of the cost of our beliefs. Like we, I'll take responsibility. <laughs> Sometimes I, um, I'll think about my beliefs almost in a vacuum, you know, like, okay, here's my beliefs. Um, but truly we have an opportunity if we're not creating something we want in a part of our life, you know, any part of our life to be like, okay, well, what would I have to believe to be true in order to have created this? And I think the reason this is controversial is because there can be a lot, I feel in the spiritual communities of kind of like victim blaming or shaming, like, well, if you, if this person in your family member sexually abused you, then you must've created that your soul wanted that, you know, all of this stuff that can be really shaming and really feel, feel wrong and icky. So I don't, I want to just be very careful in this conversation that this is not about you created everything in your life because you wanted bad things to happen to you. That's not what I'm saying, but I do think if we're at a certain place and we want more fulfillment in a certain place, it's awesome to be able to say like, well, what would I have to believe in order to have created this? Or hypothetically, you know, if I was creating this from a certain mindset, what mindset contributed to that? And so, you know, it's something I have as a question, like for the people who are watching this is if you think about an area of your love life, maybe you're not getting enough dates or maybe you're not getting enough second dates, or maybe you're just not finding anyone attractive. Like it's been years since you found someone attractive or, you know, you've, you've struggled to get into longer term relationships. Like I'd like everyone watching to just think, well, what would I have to believe to be true in order for that to be my current reality? Um, what would I think has to, what would I believe is true about myself, about men, about women, about love, about dating. I mean, there's so many places we could do this inquiry. Um, but I want to just kind of pick one and follow the thread is just an example. So let's say someone is not finding anyone attractive. That's something I hear a lot. You know, I'm just, I'm not attracted to anyone. I haven't met anyone that I'm attracted to in a really long time. And, you know, within reason, like sometimes we go through spells where we're just we're not really accessing the more sensual part of ourselves or we're not really opening our heart. And it just doesn't feel that there's any sparks with anyone. Cause we might be diverting all of those resources and all of that awareness to something else if we're in a different part of our healing journey, but we might have a belief, you know, that's driving that. So if, if, um, 
the result that you're getting is you don't find anyone attractive, a belief that would be true probably in order for that to be your reality is that no one's going to compare to your ex. Like no one's going to be as good as your ex. Like he was the best or she was the best. So why even try? Um, or no one's, no one's good enough. Or on the other hand, like everyone will hurt me. And so it's better for me to just not find anyone attractive. You know, we can, I'm just giving a few examples of like how we can create these, we can create realities based on beliefs. Like we were talking about earlier about ourselves, about men, about maybe faithfulness, like, well, they're all going to cheat anyway. So, you know, what's the point of even getting myself attracted to anyone? Um, but I find that those beliefs come from a place of, you know, our heart is not maybe totally open and our body is not totally open or we're not integrated between our head, our heart and our body. And so what we find attractive can be kind of fickle, right? Like they have to pass this like super long test in order to be attractive or our body doesn't even recognize the attraction that might already be there because we're disconnected from like our pleasure and our sense of femininity and enjoying the moment and all of that. Um, so yeah, I just want to kind of like carry one of those pieces through of some different beliefs that might be creating this reality and an opportunity to bring even more consciousness to what we're creating in our patterns of our love life. And the reason I said this is um, controversial is because a lot of times women will say, no, no, it's really just my area. My area sucks. Like New York city is hard to find men in blah, blah, blah. And you know, we have a client right now who's dating a great guy who lives in New York city and she's a single mom and she's amazing. And so she obviously is proving that wrong, but it's, um, why, why do you think that happens? Like, why do you think we, we create these beliefs? Is it to make ourselves feel better? Is it to prevent ourselves from having to take responsibility? Is it just easier? Like the brain is picking the faster pathway or. That's such a great question. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't have the answer either. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I was, as you were talking, I was just, I got present to like, cause, um, just as like a recovering perfectionist, right? Like my lens that I view myself sometimes can be like super critical or judgmental. And then I could turn that on others, right? When you say you're not, I'm not attracted to anyone. Mm -hmm. So then that belief or just that habitual patterning of how I focus and what I look for is then projected outside, right? So I guess that was just like, that I was tuning in to like, whoa, that's absolutely what I can do, you know? Yeah. Or just even, oh, in our work. yeah, or in our work, if we're like having to do something like problem solve or look for what's wrong or what needs to be fixed, and then we bring that in, that conditioning in or way of focusing too can also impact. I don't know. <laughs> I was off topic of your question, but no, I, I love it. It's true. You know, we can, we can take the external world and blame it. We can turn it into ourselves. We can have our own, like our own thought loops or habitual patterns and then use those to, to project against others. And that's why this is a, this is a, a, I don't want to say thorny issue, but like, there's a lot here, right? Like we could do, you and I could talk about this for 10 hours and not even scratch the surface of mindset, emotions, beliefs, meaning we didn't even talk about identity, like how we think about ourselves, how that shapes our identity and how that shapes how we show up in the world. And then also 
how to um, be aware of other people's mindset. Not that you're evaluating them, but you know, I, I've definitely dated men that I thought I could fix <laughs> or that I, you know, wanted to help or all of these things. And, and I think sometimes as women, we, we think like, well, he's just having a bad day or yeah, but he has so much potential. You know, we're kind of make excuses for other people's choice to not fully develop in certain areas or to not, you know, take responsibility. And so this whole other topic, we, we won't even have time to get into today about like, how do you show up with a really healthy mindset? And then how do you have compassion for people who are not there, but also not make excuses or let your mindset get dragged down. And I see this in friendships too. Like, you know, we can spend a lot of emotional energy with, with people in our life, friend, romantic, otherwise, who maybe just, they're not ready to change. They don't want to take responsibility and, that can be like a big emotional drain. <laughs> so yeah, the reason I bring that up is because I think it's really important that we get support with our mindset. I have someone who helps me with mindset. You help our, our queens, our, our ladies in our program with mindset. I'm sure you've done a lot of mindset work, having been a coach for Tony Robbins for 10 years, like you're immersed in it and continue to immerse yourself. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that and kind of next steps, but before we get there, do you have anything else, Tamara, that you want to share just about mindset beliefs, like what might be, um, interesting for people on the call to know? Yeah. Well, I think something, what you just said is really important. Like, um, with our beliefs, a lot of times fear might be driving it. Right. And so when we get in that state of survival and um, we operate from that place, we like, um, how do I want to say that? But just the results that we get when we go into that place, like when you were talking, like they're not texting or they're not doing this enough, or I don't like that, or that scarcity, then our world becomes really small and we're, we're not feeling empowered in it either. And so mm -hmm. by conditioning the positive, um, we just are more creative and more present and we respond in more empowering ways and make healthier decisions. Mm. I love that you chose the word conditioning because mindset is not a one-time thing. You're not just like, cool. I changed that belief. I'm good. <laughs> you know, not only do new, new, um, limiting beliefs pop up because we're at the next level of our growth or development, or we have a great opportunity, but we condition it. Like it's something that we have to do regularly. And in my experience, you know, someone's mindset related to love and dating can change drastically in six to eight weeks. Like absolutely phenomenal. And I don't know any other like way or, or like examples of, of something that can change that quickly. So the beautiful thing about like the mind, the body, the heart connection is that when we are really integrated, we can get amazing results really quickly, but it takes devotion. You know, it takes commitment to honing our mindset and to being up for feedback, right? Like being coachable and being open to like seeing our blind spots or seeing how others are a mirror for us and, and all of that. So I just want to highlight the word conditioning that you chose. Like this is a, this is a daily practice. This is something to absolutely get help and support with. And it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to be open to like seeing where we've been holding ourselves back, you know? I think that's really important. Like what you said, because sometimes when we're kind of like unpacking the suitcase of our beliefs that it can sometimes be humbling, right? Like that accountability of what's, what is mine, what isn't mine, right? But it can be humbling, but ultimately on the other side, it's so freeing and liberating, but 
Totally. Yeah. For me, it almost feels like the flush in the cheeks, like almost like an embarrassment. Like this has been here the whole time and I didn't even know it. Like the moldy apple car in the, my back seat or something like that. You know, you're just like, what? <laughs> but, but when we can presence that either with, you know, me or you or um, submitting the homework or in front of the other Queens or with the support sister, like it feels to me, my experience is that it's like, it diffuses it. It's like, we see the new belief. We feel a little ashamed or embarrassed. We're sharing it. We're being vulnerable. And then it's getting diffused so that we can actually like get to work on it. You know, we've kind of cleared the emotions so that there can be a little more excitement or, and tenacity, you know, when it comes to that. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, I feel like we could go on forever about this topic, but I want everyone on the, on the call or watching the replay to just imagine, like, imagine what it would feel like to know that you had Tamara in your back pocket, you know, to support you on your limiting beliefs when it comes to love and dating and relationships and masculine and feminine. And imagine what it would feel like to have a group of women that are really holding space for you as you go down this path of creating your best life and creating your best relationship with the, the most powerful, empowering mindset that you can have and the most integration possible. Because like I was mentioning, you know, we have women that start working with us. And even if they're going through very difficult situations or haven't been in a relationship in years or are single moms or have other things that are going on, a lot of times they're in an amazing relationship within six weeks. It's like a massive turnaround when you have this much support, this much community, this much love, and then this much wisdom, you know, between Tamara and then myself, like, specifically curating your customized beliefs. That's something we do for our clients is we help them identify for them, like the beliefs that are important, the, the new beliefs and the new behaviors and the new, um, you know, even metrics for like seeing how much progress that they've made. So if this is an area of your life that you want more support with, if you're not getting the results that you want in dating and love and relationships, then I totally encourage you to book a call with our team. It's a free 45 minute breakthrough to love call. And you're going to get lots of insight and clarity and value from that call on what might be holding you back from love, what some of those limiting beliefs or behaviors are, and then your game plan to get to your vision of love so that you can feel really empowered. Because once you learn how to do this like belief redo, you can actually apply it to not just your love life, but any part of your life. And you can keep applying it even later so that if you run into like a hiccup in your relationship, A, you know, me and, and the graduates and Tamara are always going to be here to support you. We really support our clients in the long term. But B, like, you're going to be able to just see it yourself and be able to recognize these beliefs because you're going to become your own belief, like ninja or, or master. So yeah, we love to support our clients in this way. And if you're curious about that, again, just book a free breakthrough call with us. It's violetlang.com forward slash talk. And we have a few spots available every day. So definitely grab your spot now because we have more women reaching out than we can normally speak to, but we love offering these as a service to help spread more love on the planet and if we feel like it makes sense to work together and we'll, and all of that, we may invite you to join our program or we may not. We'll just see if it's the right fit. But either way, you know, you're going to have a lot of fun and have someone holding space who's really an expert in this area. And I think we all could use a little more guidance in, in this part of our life and so many other parts of our life. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love. Because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you. Please subscribe to my show and leave a review. If you want more love, pleasure, and power in your life, go to violetlang.com forward slash talk. 
that's violetlang.com forward slash talk to sign up for a free Breakthrough to Love call. These are special deep dives only for women who are committed and ready for lasting love. If that's you, book your time now with me or my team.